Free Talk Live. Just dial on in toll-free to join us here at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Of course, you can join us on Skype and and bring up anything you want. That is the point here on Free Talk Live. And again, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Tonight with you, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Uh, So we can talk about the latest in Venezuela, where protests continue. The death toll is now apparently up to 26 people. uh, And there are armed civilian bands in the streets that are on the side of the president, on the side of the socialist government there. Uh, then, Mark, you've got a story that you wanted to share about the police retaliating against people for not answering questions. And we've talked on this program about how when you're talking to the police, you are generally not under any kind of obligation to answer their questions. That- and it's uh, ill-advised as far as, I don't know, every lawyer I've ever talked to right. to uh, and, and you know heard anything from and legal advocacy groups and that sort of thing to answer any questions. Yeah, and it's, it's hard uh, because generally, if you're talking to somebody, if you know, you're talking to another human being, we're, we have sort of a natural inclination to talk to that person, right? And so, you know, they ask questions you feel like you should answer, not just because they have a gun on their hip, but also just because it's just another person. You're talking to them. Uh, it seems like a natural thing to do. And I'm somebody who has a lot of experience uh, interacting with police. I'm one of the, the uh, original cop blockers from copblock.org. Uh, had experience interacting with the police today. I did. I was going to bring that up. Uh, and so, yeah, and I, I answered a question that I shouldn't I shouldn't have. Uh, he asked, is this your address, uh, the address on the license? And uh, it, it is, but I didn't have to answer that question. I could have said something like, am I obligated to answer your question? You know, I should have thrown back another question in his face, but honestly, I was a little out of practice. That's one of those tricky questions because it's against the law to be to not have updated your license within a certain That's period correct. of time. That is a phishing question they use to bust somebody for not yeah, yeah. changing an address. That is a that is an additional fine that correct. you will get if you answer that particular question um, yep. in in a way that they don't like. So it's a good reason to not answer the question. Again, it just seemed like an in, seems like an innocent question. I know what the purpose of that question is, um, and in my case, that is my address. So again, no harm done. But it's bad to get into the habit of answering the question in the first place. It's always good to be able to kind of be the questioner when you're interacting with the well, police. Good if you want to engage in activism where you're going to get worse consequences and be kind of more harassed. Well, I mean, in my case, uh, the car I was driving had a Shire uh, license plate on it, so I was expecting to be pulled over. But yeah, I see what you're saying, Johnson. I know that your your strategy is to joke it up with the cops and avoid a ticket. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah and, and it works for you. Works every time. I mean, yeah. it's, it just depends on whether or not you want to engage in activism or you want to yeah. not have consequences. Yep, that's definitely true. But that you know, the point being here, if you answer that question, Johnson, uh, the question about the address, a lot of people will answer that question, hoping to avoid consequences, and it will bring them more consequences. Right. So if you keep your mouth shut, at the very least, they might ticket you for speeding or whatever it was the reason why you got pulled over. Right. But you won't get the ticket for you haven't updated your driver's license. Right. So again, you know, there's no, there's never a guarantee when it comes to interacting with the police yeah, that things are going to go the way that you want them to. It's true. Uh, you've had good luck with your your yeah. tactics, and you know, a lot of uh, women have well, the, I mean, they'll my, cry and they'll get out of yeah. it too. I mean, so. my, to be fair, my my 
I try not to answer as many questions as possible, or at least my tactic in at the very least, while I am trying to, you know, make an officer laugh or I am trying to, um, you know, lighten the mood as much as possible. Uh, my tactic is also to not self-incriminate in any way because then they are forced to write you a ticket because you're on camera for the most part. So you have to not only ask for, you know, forgiveness in a way that you're saying, eh, you know, can you let me off this time? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we can do a warning, you know, something like that. You have to ask for that or you're probably not going to get it. Um, in New Hampshire, you're actually likely to get a warning if you're in this if you're in a city, if you're in a town. Right. Uh, the the state police will get more likely to give you a ticket, but the New Hampshire town and city cops they don't actually benefit financially from writing tickets. So in some jurisdictions, in some states, when a town writes a ticket, they get the cash. Right. In New Hampshire, that's not the case. So they actually don't have the financial incentive that a lot of places do, like speed trap towns like Waldo, Florida, right. where, you know, what is it, 90% of the town budget comes from writing speeding tickets or something Did. ridiculous like that. They, right. they disbanded, They uh, I think the FDLE disbanded their police department. Really? As I recall. Yeah, it does sound kind of familiar. But I so, still I think mean, it's important gotta, not to incriminate yourself as much oh, as yeah, possible. You know, absolutely. Like, but a police when department. When they ask you, like, are you aware of how fast you were going there? Where's the fire? You know, like, yeah, like, where's the fire? Like, are you, you know, like, well, I think the speed limit back there was this speed limit. Now, Mark, you're you know, a- something like that. You, you don't a- actually directly answer their question. Right. Now, you're an actual fireman. Does that a- does the uh, I'm a fireman excuse work no. with the cops? It's It shouldn't. No. Um, I think you have some. I'm sure it works with the cops. Yes. I. Um, you, you know, you've got an excuse but frankly i don't believe that a fireman should be you know a volunteer fireman should be exceeding the speed limit on the way to uh, a fire i mean you know in most cases in my town you're not going to find it's not a traffic make a difference jam either right um, like and you know, whether you speed or not isn't really going to save the house from no, from burning no i'm a race car driver <laughs> so but you were saying don't incriminate yourself and yeah, the best way to do that is to not answer the questions well or Find, figure out, you know, think in advance over this of how you're going to answer these, the questions that they might ask. With a non-answer. With a non-answer. Or an answer that seems like an answer, mm-hmm. but isn't. You know, like I, like I was saying, you know, are you, you know, how fat, do you, you know, are you aware of how fast you were going? Well, the speed limit back there is 40 miles an hour, right? Mm. <laughs> you're asking, you, you answered by asking them a question about what the speed limit was, where you're which also implying ignorance. that you knew the spe- speed limit, uh-huh. which is implying that you were going the speed limit. You know, you kind of are implying the answer, but you're not actually answering their question. Mm. So you're not doing something that's going to make that cop angry by not answering the question. And you're also not providing evidence for your, you know, breaking the law. So in, uh, in my case, it was me and Daryl. Right. We were coming back from uh, Taco Biondo in Hillsboro, great little taco joint, uh, and coming back, wasn't on the road much more than four minutes, five minutes. I mean, we were still in, in Hillsboro. I would say that's even excessive. And there was this, I don't know if it was a minivan or what it was behind me, but it didn't look like a cop, but it sure was. And they uh, put their blue lights on after after a while of being behind us and uh, pulled us over, and immediately after I pulled into this parking lot, immediately a marked police cruiser pulled in. So there were four cops surrounding the car. Uh, I don't know what they thought they were dealing with, but it you know they weren't acting like this was your typical kind of road violation. Well, it wasn't right? your typical kind of road violation, let's be honest. Well, I mean, how much they knew in advance, I don't know, right? Like, do all the cops in New Hampshire know what the Shire Society is? <laughs> because I had a uh, a license plate on the, the car. 
Uh, breaker one nine. We got a live one here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the cops would say breaker one nine. I know that that's, just... that's the CB radio. But are, are the are the listeners going to know this? I mean, come on. <laughs> Anybody who's ever been on a CB radio would know it. Okay. Uh, that's s- probably what point zero. One no, come on. The CB radio was huge in the seventies. Anybody who's still alive from the seventies is probably used to CB radio. Okay, I mean, CB radio was the chat rooms. What uh, what percentage there were chat of our rooms. listeners do you think were alive and in their twenties or, or or you know around that age in the seventies? I don't know if you're aware of this, but Free Talk Live's nationally syndicated on dozens of radio stations. What percentage tonight? of our listeners do you think were 75. alive that are over fifty? Okay, right, because we're talking about that age in the seventies, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Who were using CB radios. Using them or just knew about them. Because I remember yeah. BJ and the Bear, Smokey and the Bandit. I mean, Convoy. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Convoy. <laughs> the fact is- We're is not that- normal people. I, I, so saying what you're aware of does not lots put you of people in the category. Are aware of I was aware of them as a kid. I mean, I, was certainly I was abnormal, thing. but I didn't pay, play on the they radio. They were a normal thing in, in the, the 70s. 70s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is young people do not know what CB radio is. Yeah. yeah, but also being there's, aware of them does not necessarily mean that you know the you know the lingo. There's and, probably a wall at some point of an, of an age, right? Like there's probably some hard wall of you know. Once I will agree with Johnson on this. If you'd stop tearing people's jokes apart, the show would be more inter- damn entertaining. Okay, <laughs> um, you know this isn't a you know this isn't like you the worst uh, consultant the world on jokes. Okay, um, let him tell his joke and don't tear it apart. We gotta spend. We gotta. Yeah, we, get- we got a smoky at the one nine mile marker. Uh, yeah. You better lay your granny foot on the hammer lane. Now we got to talk more about CB radio. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live. Dial toll free and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And we've got Skype, so Skype on in here at username LRN.FM. And you can bring up anything that you want. We're talking about interacting with the police, not answering police questions. And uh, we sort of had a general conversation about our experiences with doing that. But coming up, there's apparently a court case about this. And, Mark, you're going to be telling us about that. Our toll-free number, if you want to join us here, you can bring up anything, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And if you've been thinking about starting up your own blog or website, but you just haven't gotten around to taking action on that, well, it's a good thing you waited because HostGator makes it easy. In fact, they make it super easy with a simple one-click easy installation for WordPress, which is the go-to what they call content management system for uh, for websites. I love WordPress. I use it on almost all of the websites that I administer. And you can go and get yours over at hostgator.com slash FTL. That's slash FTL like Free Talk Live. You go to that URL and you'll get 50% off of their regular prices at HostGator. They're one of the top hosting companies out there. And they've also got 24-7 over-the-phone or live chat tech support and a very intuitive and user-friendly control panel that puts the power of creation and the simplicity of use into your hands. Plus, a 99.99% uptime rating, so you don't have to worry about outages. Go to HostGator.com slash FTL, like Free Talk Live for that 50, that's 50, 50% off at HostGator.com slash FTL. I think they got one-click install a Drupal, too. That's pretty sweet. Uh, I would... Not recommend Drupal, but uh, anyway. Even though, even though we run it. Yeah. Not to the uninitiated, that's for certain. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about interacting with the cops. I had some interactions today with one of them, a, a police lieutenant, but there were four cops 
who were there. Two cruisers, two cops per cruiser. One of them was an undercover unit. Uh, they pulled us over, presumably, uh, and yes, it turned out to be the case because of the Shire Society uh, license plate on the back of the car. Now, mind you, this is a real license plate. It's not a state license plate, right. but it's a real Shire plate. It's so, made of metal. Yep, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's got the embossing on it, so it's got that stands yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a a, a real. Plate. Now wait a minute, was this hammered out by a prisoner who had no choice? I haven't the slightest clue who who made it. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I know the company that I ordered it from, but I don't know if they're using prison labor or not. Oh, really? I point uh, out also that um, you know, you can drive here from basically. I'm not entirely sure, but essentially Panama on up. Okay. So, uh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the Darien Gap, I think, is what uh, separates um, um, you know people from being able to sort of uh, locomote uh, here. But, I mean, haven't you ever seen a European license plate here in the United States? I mean, you could. I've seen them, but like tangentially, they sometimes have a U.S. Sometimes, plate. Yeah, sometimes they have both. Sometimes yeah. they're just a vanity plate. Right. But I have seen them where they're a legit license plate. Uh-huh. I mean, the fact is, you can bring your vehicle via ship to the United States and drive around from. More than a hundred countries with more than you know x amount of uh, provinces that are within those countries, and so there's a lot of different license plates out there. So yeah. pulling you over with like uh, four cars seems really sort of crazy. It seemed uh, it, like an it, excessive it sh- response. It should have been a um, fact finding mission more than anything. Yeah, these guys were ready to roll, man. I mean, they had us on two cops on one side of the car, two cops on the other, body armor on at least one of them that I noticed. And I again, you know, when you're in the moment, it's hard to uh, to think. It's hindsight always being 2020. 20, I realize I should have asked the cop, and I will when we go to co- when we go to court on this uh, if they end up scheduling a trial. Because there's a chance they'll drop the charge. But uh, if we end up going to court, I'd like to ask, like, why would you need so many officers? What was the reason for what that? What was going on there? Yeah. What were you, what were you guys saying on the, the two-way radio in advance of uh, the pullover? Because Someone they told me they thought it might be Breaker One Niner, and I was really not sure. Because <laughs> they got the other guy, they, like the other cruiser that rolled up was obviously called before the dude took, put his blue lights on. Because mm-hmm. he put those blues on. I pulled right into the first parking lot. And this other cruiser just rolled right in. So they got the backup ready before they did the pullover. So this was a very, you know, kind of orchestrated thing. And uh, there's video. I haven't had a chance to review it yet at this point, but we did stream live on Cell 411. Of course. <laughs> I took the video and I posted this, the streaming video to our local chat. Excellent. Actually. Yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah. Um, and so I, uh, yeah, so I got to use cell 411, which is one of our sponsors. They're our video stream sponsor here. You can watch our cams over at cam.freetalklive.com. I sent out the alert that says there's a specific alert for I'm being pulled over. So cell 411 is an emergency response app. I think it was, there was a panic alert first and then there was a pulled over video alert or something like that, which was interesting. Hmm. I didn't send a panic alert. went went out. Huh. Okay. So. I definitely didn't send a, a panic alert, so I don't know why. Yeah, you weren't panicking. You like that, that stuff. Happened. Oh, I was. I was waiting for this. I wanted to see how many miles I could drive uh, with the Shire plate on before I got pulled over. Uh, what the first time I did, I've done this a few times over the years. Uh, once it's probably been like ten years since I did it the first time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like the third time I've done it. The first time I did it, I made it thirty miles before I got pulled over, and the cop made me you know switch the the tag out. Because the car is actually registered that I was driving in Montana, uh, and the Montana plate was on the front of the, the car. So the cop 
when I handed him the registration, I told him, oh, that plate, it's on the front of the, the car. He never went to go and look. And he just wrote me a ticket for uh, so-called misuse of plates, okay. which uh, is going to be interesting to see if they can actually make that charge stick. Because you know, I was displaying the registered plate on the car, just not on the back of the car. And the statute itself for misuse of plates doesn't specify where the plate needs to be displayed. It just says it has to be displayed on the vehicle. So this is something this is that's interesting, interesting. on this, this uh, your, your alert that you issued here. That needs to be addressed. I think I'm going to have to bring this up in the, there's like a group for uh, cell 411, but mm-hmm. um, the alert that went is a vehicle pulled alert, right? Yeah. And so there was, this was, there was some confusion amongst this, like, because it's, you know, vehicle pulled, not vehicle pulled over. Mm. Almost sounds like they're pulling your vehicle, like, you know, they're going to take they're it. Taking it. Taking it or towing it. And then the icon is a car with a hook on the back of it, lifting it oh. and taking it. So that might be some confusion that amongst is confusing. the developer and, and probably needs to be addressed. Well, one thing I've seen with Cell 411 is uh, Virgil Vaduva, who's the developer of that, is he very responsive. Yeah. Yeah. Very responsive to uh, user suggestions, very interested in getting feedback. So I'm sure he'll appreciate uh, hearing about that. And one of the other cool features of Cell 411 is the newest, one of the newest versions that came out has a chat room feature. So as soon as somebody mm-hmm. sends out an alert, it sort of loads up a chat room for everybody who received the alert to communicate with one another. About I think it. that's something else that needs to be addressed because with the alerts that come out now, it's like sort of like if you see the alert you are responding to it period like you if you if you get the alert it's like no mm-hmm. matter what you do you're responding to it so like if you close the alert it kind of like lets the person know oh this person can't help you right and it's like well what if i just didn't want you to know i saw the alert or something like I don't, it yeah. feels like they're trying to like force the communication there but uh okay so and if you say like you want more information so you like try to respond to the alert then it tells them you're on your way to help and that yeah. may not be the case. Like you, you know. Yeah, that's a problem. Like, I need to tell Johnson that he's not, doesn't need that's to drive forty five minutes to come. Like, see, and I'm like, yeah, I was. I like, had no intention of driving forty five minutes because I knew I wasn't going to make it. If you're pulled over, right. you're in Hillsboro. Yeah, like, we're way far happen. away. Not going to happen. Yeah. If I'm going to get arrested, you're not going to be there in time. Yeah. If I'm going to yeah. get let go, you're not going to be there in time. Uh, there's more coming up here. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Now, if I'd been down the street in Keene, it might have been a right. different story. Yeah. Uh, Eight fifty five, four fifty free. You can t- uh, share your thoughts. Here. By the way, go to getcell411.com and uh, more on the way. Free Talk Live. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is going out to the ball game, sponsoring the New Hampshire Fisher Cats on June 10th. Join the LPNH in the new pavilion with access to a private portion of the bar and an all-you-can-eat buffet. Tickets are only $40, but need to be purchased by May 9th. Get your tickets at lpnh.org slash ftl. Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us right here on the radio waves. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And Skype on into the show. At Skype username LRN.FM. Saveitpurse.com is where you can go to save big time on your purchases at Amazon. And I had, you know, it's funny, I I had a, uh, a camera, actually I had a couple cameras in the car, dash cams, but one of them had gone on the fritz 
recently, uh-huh. and another one. The second one I actually had two different dash cams in the in the in the car. Uh, the other one, when it got too hot here in New Hampshire, was one of those ones that mounts to the to the rear view mirror, and it was fine during the winter time. But I came back into the car one day, and the uh, the heat in the car had loosened up whatever the you know joint on the rear view mirror. Normally, it's stickier. This made it a little more loose, and so the weight from the camera actually pulled the thing downward, mm. so it wasn't staying put. It wasn't huh. staying steady, and so I had removed that because I didn't want to keep having to mess with the thing to keep putting it back in place. Like It would fall down multiple times while I was driving. That's useless, so I pulled that out of there, and so I was actually completely out of dash cams and so all we had was daryl's cell phone and my cell phone so the 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 cam footage of the pullover isn't going to be too hot um and it's it's too bad too because it would have been nice to go back and review and see you know how long was the undercover cruiser behind us i didn't think that the footage in the video was that bad except for the fact that you turn it sideways at one point but um, yeah it didn't look that i mean i don't know it was watchable I well, the, uh, I, I appreciate I appreciate that. Um, I mean, I, normally, you know, if I'm in a situation like that, my adrenaline's going to be going a little yeah. bit. I'm not going to be holding the camera particularly steady. I mean, you kept talking the entire time, so that's the important part. I mean, yeah, that's. I'm pretty good at doing uh, doing keep that. the audience the, engaged. Yeah, yeah. the narrative. Well, well I, there's nothing to look at, right? You're just mm-hmm. looking at a. It's a rainy day. There's a, a rearview mirror, and you can see the the police cruiser back there as they as the cops are trying to figure out what to write the ticket for. <laughs> <laughs> because, I had enough of them because it's interesting. This was actually. Actually, the third time I've been pulled over for having the Shire plate, again, for listeners just tuning yeah. in, uh, me and Daryl Perry were pulled over on the way back from the Concord State House today for having a Shire Society plate. And if you want to learn more about the Shire Society, you can go to ShireSociety.com. It's a group of individuals who've declared their own independence. It's not a, it's not an, uh, an organization. There's no, nothing to actually join um, in that there's not a board of directors, there's no structure. It's just a declaration of independence for your own self. So you're sort of just signing it in your own mind or on your on you know in a piece of paper you've printed out at your house. You don't have to send it in uh, to to anywhere. It's kind of like I mean I like to call it an uh, basically an internet based nation. That's um, a way to look at it. Yeah, you know the the nation itself, but without any president or any you know structure like that. right. Well, I mean it's a it's it's a very liberty oriented nation yeah. <laughs> nonetheless. But uh, you know if a nation is a group of people who are um, like in some way, then you know their their love of freedom would be the way that they're uh, you know like, and their uh, this is their organization. So, and that kind of organization is generally called a nation or country or state or something like that. Well, right. And a society is a group of people uh, who've come together on a usually a voluntary basis to achieve a particular goal or, or purpose. And one of the things that kind of spurred the creation of the Shire Society is I would hear the bureaucrats, the government bureaucrats, use this excuse with us. Well, you're part of our society. So therefore, you have to follow all of these arbitrary rules that we, complete strangers to you, have come up with and are going to enforce upon you at the threat of violence. But it's you're part of our society. Well, and so the idea was, well, what if we have a different society? Can we have more than one society of people in a given landmass? So uh, we created this Shire Society Declaration back when we had the the Free Keen Forums. They're now known as the Shire Society Forums. 
but there was like this open discussion for I think you know a few weeks where we took uh, L. Neil Smith's work, which he wasn't too happy about later. Uh, later. But uh, well, yeah, he didn't know until later. And we so we were influenced by uh, some of his work, and he sort of had this thing that we ended up sculpting into the Shire Society Declaration, which anybody can go and see and sign over at ShireSociety.com. I say all that just to kind of familiarize you with the Shire Society. There's a forum, by the way, so for those of you who uh, want to connect with other people in the Shire Society, there is a Shire Society forum, and you can link to that from ShireSociety.com. It's a great way to reach out to people who live here in New Hampshire. Maybe you're thinking about moving here as part of that migration of libertarians that we talk about a lot here on Free Talk Live. That's one way to get in touch with people. That's not Facebook. So it's a, another it's a good alternative uh, to reaching folks. In fact, there's a lot of people here who aren't on Facebook. We just had a new guy move in uh, in the last couple of weeks, and he's not a Facebooker. So there's actually a good chunk of the the people out here that want nothing whatsoever to do with Facebook. But you can reach most of those people on the Shire Society forum. So anyway, Shire Society, uh, I've done this. This is my third time getting pulled over for having a Shire uh, license plate on the car. And it's the first time I've been charged with anything. So one thing you can definitely expect from the government is inconsistency. <laughs> so uh, I've been pulled over by Keene Police, I believe. Was it Keene? No. Once it was a Chesterfield cop. The other time it was Keene Police. No, actually, well, anyway. But both times I was told, hey, you've got the other plate for this car. The, the, the registered plate for the car is on the front of the car. Just put the registered plate on the back of the car. Here, get your screwdriver out. Put it on the back, and no ticket. Have a nice day. And that's how it's gone. Today was the first day I actually got a ticket. You for be this. like, it would be great to. I'd love to see this in like, uh, you know, Mr. Marple kind of fashion, where you go into the court and you, you know, they say. You know, well, I've been charged. You could say like, well, I've been charged with misuse of plates. I was using these plates absolutely properly. And well, then they come back to you, well, you needed to be using our New Hampshire lights. Well, I wasn't using those at all. That's correct. This I was, was not, not misusing those either. I was not using those. <laughs> right. And the misuse of plate statute is written in a way that makes it seem like one could possibly get out of that particular charge. So it'll be interesting because, you know, a lot of cops right. will just write a ticket expecting you're going to pay it. Right. That's what they do. I mean, it's a revenue mission. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with safety. Uh, this is about revenue. So they hand out a bunch of tickets to people and they figure 99 or 95% of them are just going to go ahead and cut the check. In fact, the ticket itself says on there, you don't have to appear in court if you just cut this check. Here's an envelope. They even give you the envelope. Yep. So, I mean, they do everything but write the check for you, you know? And... I'm sure soon. in the future they'll do that too. Yeah, <laughs> soon the so, bank will just uh, go ahead and take the money out of your account immediately when you're stopped. So my goal uh, was when I, because I, you know, I knew I was going to get pulled over eventually, but the question was how soon. So I've been, you know, the odometer you can reset and get the little trip meter. <laughs> so I've been counting the miles to see how far I could go. Because one time I went 30 miles before I got popped. It didn't last very long at all. This time, 2,950 miles. <laughs> That's a lot. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, basically went from. Uh, Jan- late January to right now, so about a quarter of a year. I made it. Uh, there were a couple times when it's the- almost driving across the United States. I mean, as far as right? distance goes, yeah. yeah. But that would be a lot different if you drove uh, outside of New Hampshire with <laughs> yeah. this. So I would not recommend uh, trying this in. I wouldn't in take other it in mass. Yeah, if I were going to take this car out of uh, New Hampshire, I would have put the Montana plate on the back. Just because I'm only I'm only looking to troll the New Hampshire cops, not to, not get into a, a court battle in <laughs> I'm sure Massachusetts. Sure, they appreciate that uh, exclusivity or, that you've given them, or New York. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, yeah, almost three thousand uh, miles success. I, I'll consider that a success, and you know, we'll see what happens 
with the uh, the charges. Let's go to Liberty Lover. We'll keep you in the loop as it develops because I'm going to trial if they'll uh, if they'll keep the charges going, and that that's going to be fun having this one on trial because we, we'll get to talk about the Shire Society mm-hmm. and <laughs> li- li- <laughs> oh, God. Liberty Lover. You're on uh, Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Uh, first of all, I had a question. Do you guys know your exact viewership numbers? Viewership. And instead of listenership, you're talking about viewership? Sorry, my bad. Listenership. You know Do- how many people typically listen? We don't know specifics. No. Uh, as because, well, for one, um, all listenership numbers are some kind of approximation, right? Um, you know, when you're dealing with, uh, at least, at, yeah, when you're dealing with any uh, one out there, they, the, Nielsen can't rate everybody who's listening at any given time to any given radio or television set. So they take a group of people. But, um, you know, the, the short answer is, is that we probably on the radio have 300,000 weekly listeners on 170 or so radio stations on the podcast we get eh, you know about 125,000 downloads per month um, then but that doesn't tell you how many listeners there are there's generally no no more than a few thousand per night I would say so that's probably gives you some idea there more coming up free talk live Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Also, don't forget, if you want to support Free Talk Live, then you can go shopping with us. And the way you do that is you go to shop.freetalklive.com. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. And that gets you into Amazon. There's Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada. You just go and get your shopping taken care of, get the stuff you want, and get the regular great Amazon prices. Uh, And Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So, once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about uh, me and Daryl getting pulled over today. Uh, But also, that was what was intended to be sort of the start of a conversation about a court case, Mark, that we haven't really even touched on yet that you'll be telling us about coming up, about not answering police questions and getting into hotter water as uh, as a result of that. You'll tell us more about that coming up here, but we're going back to your calls and thoughts first. Liberty Lover is still with us. Uh, you had started out by asking us a question about yeah, listenership, topic. listenership here on Free Talk Live, and it it's hard to, to rate, you know, to even... Mark, you're basically taking a shot in the dark when you say 300,000. I mean, we don't know. We honestly, we know how many stations we have. We know what those markets are. And we know that some of those stations and some of those markets have ratings. But we don't necessarily know what Free Talk Live's ratings are if you were to break them down. So it's. Well, we have gotten ratings in the past from years. partners. Um, and we only, we only get them when a program director would just happen to tell me, oh, yeah, by the way. No, you guys no, are I'm not this. talking about your ratings. I'm talking oh. about ratings with, uh, you know, our brokerage companies oh, okay. that uh, sell. And they're, those are taking nationwide ratings, accumulating everything they've got, which is only about half of the stations, because the other half don't pay for the ratings and therefore don't get rated. Right. But um, you know, I'm, I, 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 it's the number I use because I believe it to be not terribly. It's conservative, but not you know ridiculously conservative. Yeah. So, uh, the the actual topic tonight is I wanted to know you guys' opinions on like so called sovereign citizens. What you think of those kinds of people? I like that you preferenced it with so called uh, because the term sovereign citizen seems to be an oxymoron. It seems uh, contradictory that one could not be a sovereign, which is a king, 
and also be a citizen at the same time, a citizen essentially being a subject. How can you be both of those things at once? So it seems to me that you know they're already getting off on the wrong foot with that particular uh, terminology. But what you're referring to are people who have various different uh, belief systems about you know how to kind of get out of this the state, get out of the the current structure that uh, that we're currently in and there's a lot of different gurus out there that will be happy to sell you their ideas for a thousand dollars or hundreds of dollars and you can go and sign up for one of their um you know seminars and go and pay them money and you know listen to their stuff and ultimately if you try to put their plan into action a lot of times it's not going to work and you can come back to them and say, hey, Mr. Guru, Sovereign Citizen Guru, I tried putting your ideas into action and the judge found me guilty anyway. And then, of course, the guru, all he has to say is, well, you didn't do it the right way. Uh, of you course. missed a and step. It, when, I, when, I, when I say that, I'm, I'm obviously referring to you know, some of the people that uh, you see online. Some of the people are like, well, I do not have a driver's license, but my person does. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of ridiculous terminology, and a lot of the times I, I think in a way they're associated with the liberty movement a lot of the time. Some are, some aren't. Uh, some are just kind of doing their own thing out there. And actually our very own Jay Noon, our Wednesday night uh, co-host, is somebody who's actually had real experience in these areas. He's done a lot of research into many of what these gurus uh, claim and he himself has put his freedom on the line to actually try some of this stuff out. And he really does drive without a driver's license. That's really something that he does. And he's managed. Some people drive without driver's licenses. Some people drive without license plates. <laughs> yeah. And but isn't uh, that legal? It isn't what legal? It isn't driving without a license. I hear it's technically legal, but. To do no. what? <laughs> Where'd you hear that? I've heard, I've heard that people have gone to court and have won cases, and apparently, you know, courts right have decided that they don't need a license. Driver's license or license plate? Driver's license. Okay. Well, Jay Noon's managed to successfully do it for mm-hmm. a long time, but he's also gone to jail over it. So, you know, it's oh, it's not it's legal not uh, to do it in, by their by their rules. But, you know, how do you get out of that? What's the best system for it? The thing is, there's all kinds of people with all kinds of theories out there, but applying them and getting them to be, you know, reacted to in the same way by different courts and different cops is, it's a crapshoot at best. You know, a lot of the theory would be that if something seems to work, it may not because it may not be because you've stumbled across the secret to the system. It may simply be that they didn't want to deal with it. They right, they're wanna, just irritated with dealing with you. Right, maybe they didn't want to have you standing in front of the courtroom full of a hundred people who are about ready to all plead guilty to whatever they're there for, questioning not, the notion right. that one might actually need a driver's license in order to conduct a motor vehicle in a safe fashion. Like if I for whatever reason, just let my driver's license expire the next go-around, I'm not going to be a better or worse driver as a result. The purpose of the driver's license appears to be just so they can take it away if I start turning into a bad driver. Yeah, and, you know, I I always saw driver's licenses, you know, that's a bit of an issue I evolved on. And a lot of what you said makes a lot of sense. You know, I don't become a worse driver because it expires. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's the same reason, like, you can get a course to shoot a firearm, for example. But 
it really doesn't matter either way because you're st- a lot of people still handle firearms without a license completely fine, and I feel a car should be no different. Uh, I appreciate the Thanks for the guys. call tonight, Thanks Liberty Lover. In fact, it's interesting that uh, that you brought that up because I saw a headline posted by one of the local activists here, David Jurist, uh, about one of these gurus. He's going to be sentenced on August 1st of this year on, let's see, 13 counts of issuing fake financial documents to banks and the U.S. Treasury and six counts of willful failure to file tax returns from 2009 to 2014. Federal jury on Friday returned across the board guilty verdicts against Winston Shrout, a prominent sovereign citizen uh, that was charged with all those things. The jury foreman stood and read each guilty verdict. This from OregonLive.com. For each of the 19 counts, as Shrout watched from his seat at the defense table, Shrout displayed no expression. The U.S. District Judge Robert Jones polled each of the jurors to ensure the 12-member panel was unanimous in its findings. As the jury foreman began reading each of the verdicts, one juror teared up. A fellow juror reached out to hold her hand as the rest of the verdicts were announced. The judge ordered Shroud to turn over his passport and restricted him from any travel outside of Oregon without prior court permission. Government lawyers, uh, after jury deliberated for five hours over two days following the three-day trial, government lawyers argued that Shroud aimed to cheat the Treasury and banks and preached his illegal schemes to hundreds of others in paid seminars across the country and abroad. Yeah, they always want to get the guy who's doing the co- teaching the courses. Well, in this case, he wasn't just teaching courses. He was, you know, doing what he was advocating and trying to yes. But they always get him fraudulent uh, instruments, uh, and they for good reason. Thing this guy's a fraudster. I mean, this guy deserved to go mm-hmm. down. Well, this why? is one of those guys who's like he and, had a theory, and he taught the theory. Right? No, he put his theory into action. Right. And it didn't work. That doesn't make him yeah. a fraudster, Ian. Yes, it does. If you write fake financial instruments and you make fake checks or whatever, that's we fraud. We don't know what that means. Like, maybe, look, it was like, it was talking about fake, issuing fake IDs to banks. So if he, I don't know, developed his own Shire no. Society driver's license and cashed checks with it, maybe that's what they're referring to. No, it didn't say anything about fake IDs. I don't know where you got that from. Um, we can find more details about this, Mark, but I remember reading about this guy, because uh, this story is not going to go into exactly what it was that, that he was issuing, but uh, making up fake financial documents. This is one of those guys who, if I'm recalling correctly, he had this idea that, I, again, I can find out the exact scam here, I'm sure, if I do a little more digging, but he was one of those guys, I think, with, like, accepted for value, where you, like, write these magic words on a bill, and the idea is that it'll, uh, like access some kind of secret bank account that you have that the government set up for you and it's tied to your social security number your birth certificate and they're like there's these crazy like harebrained uh, really nebulous confusing uh, byzantine schemes out there that have to do with uh the idea that they base it on is when is your birth that, certificate is issued, it is a corporate document as opposed to a personal document, and that that corporation is created with a bank account. The government funds that bank account somehow used, in, yeah. in opposition of the future taxes that you will pay in your lifetime, and that you can and somehow you can take access it. Yeah. that that bank right. account because you are not uh, the corporate entity, but in fact the person uh, you know running the corporate entity. Yes, and I, so like you can nuts. make debt disappear and like all this crazy crap. Like go, oh, just go get yourself a mortgage, and then you can just write all these magic words on the documents and make your hundred thousand dollar mortgage go away because hey that was fake money in the first place anyway right it kind of was that's kind of what they base it off of and so 
you know, it gets it gets people riled up over the idea that fiat money is is fake. And so, well, if it's fake money, then why can't we fake the money? And well, guess what? You're going to go to prison. It's free talk live. <laughs> North Deport is a liberty inspired fiction podcast about a band on tour. Each episode chronicles the band's adventures in the form of a radio interview at a tour stop location. Listen as North Deport explores liberty themes in friendly ways with humor and music. To listen to the podcast and the accompanying album, please visit NorthDeport.com. That's N-O-R-T-H-T-O-P-O-R-T.com. Or just search North Deport in your favorite podcatcher. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. We're talking about the so-called sovereign citizens. And, you know, what are they? What is it? What do they actually believe? Well, the thing is, they don't all believe the same thing. No. Uh, so you really can't start from, from having a discussion. Of course uh, not. They're sovereign. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but they're also citizens, which is a contradiction in terms. Uh, but we are talking, or we did. I did bring up this one guy, Winston Shrout. He's the most recent one uh, to get found guilty of some sort of cockamamie scheme and we'll get into a little bit more about exactly what he was doing the daily beast has a story uh written last week during his trial and it's basically you know like a crazy fraud scheme we'll we'll get into that coming up here in moments it is uh, with you in studio tonight ian and johnson and mark first to your calls and thoughts then coming up mark you've got a story out of uh, a court the fifth circuit i believe yep that or it's going to the fifth circuit That's correct uh about not answering police questions and i want to know more about that i don't know anything about it so we'll learn more about that on the way plus uh johnson you'll be telling us about some tech news as well that might be relevant to some of our listeners. So let's go first, though, to Libertarian Banker, listening online to LRN.FM. Hello, Libertarian Banker. Hey, guys. Um, hey. We're, I found this story uh, interesting about the sovereign citizen. And you had mentioned in the, or they had mentioned in the article that um, he was uh, convicted of bank fraud or some type of bank fraud. I would imagine he's probably... Um, uh, lied on his tax returns and they caught him and he submitted those to a bank for some type of financing and and um, actually they charged him. him with not filing returns from 09 to 2014 he was also charged with 13 counts of issuing fake financial documents which is much more serious uh charge those are felony counts and he's facing many years per uh you know he's he's old he's already in his uh, 60s so he's looking at death in uh, federal prison he's looking at the uh, the federal retirement program yeah uh, go ahead. Interesting. Well, and, and you know, Mark had, had mentioned IDs, and and that kind of uh, sort of spurred a thought in my mind. I have two experiences with the with these types of people when I worked at the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I worked in a in a branch, like at a retail bank. Right. Um, the uh, so I, I one time I had this guy come in, and he he was uh, super religious, and he had this uh, laminated piece of paper that was a, like a statement that was notarized had his picture, and it looked very official, and it was laminated and everything, and he wanted to open a bank account with this. And, and apparently the, the bank I worked for, he, they had dealt with him before, and he had taken it all the way up to the CEO. And, uh, you know, he, he talked to me about how the Social Security number was the mark of the beast, and, um, you know, they talked about it all in uh, the Revelations. I guess he was obsessed with Revelations in hmm. the Bible. And uh, so it was a super religious thing for him. Maybe he wasn't even a sovereign citizen, but it was just 
just weird. He had this, uh, you know, <laughs> laminated piece of paper. It was just, you know, and he, this you is know, the thing and, passing and first, for an ID. He carried this around to verify exactly. his identity. Yep. Exactly. And he couldn't get a bank account anywhere because he didn't have ID or a social security number. And, right. Um, so he was, you know, trying to do that. And it was so. And, and the second one I had was just much weirder. And I, he was probably a sovereign citizen. Now that I now that I kind of know more about them, um, he came in. Uh, you know, I was the manager at the time, and he came in and wanted to talk about a loan. So he comes to my office, and we start talking about the terms of the loan and his income. And then I talk, start talking about collateral. So what do you have for collateral? So he he pulls out his birth certificate <laughs> and he puts it on my you know on my desk. And this is connected like, to okay. a bank, a secret bank account with a million yeah. dollars in it. So, but but he tried to play it like I was in on it and right. he knew it and like 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 he flipped this thing on the table and like it was almost like he winked at me and I'm like <laughs> hey you know what this is and I'm like what is, what the heck is this thing and. And well, that's what the conspiracy theory part of this comes from, is that ultimately, if there is a conspiracy afoot, somebody must be involved. In yeah. And Why you know, wouldn't a bank why, manager know? Why wouldn't it be the bank exactly. manager? The, the, the little bank manager making, you know, 55 grand a year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he tells me that the paper it was printed on, you know, that, that it was special. It was some type of special paper that, hmm. that binded him to some sort of bank account or some sort of asset or something. I was like, you know, what the heck is this guy talking about? I almost wanted to refer him to my competitor down the street. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That'd be hilarious. Take it on down to uh, Bank of America. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so, I mean, these did guys, he go out know, when you turned him down? Did he leave in a huff? Like, how did that end? No, I mean, it, it, well, you know, I was obviously just I was trying to understand his perspective because mm-hmm. I'd never heard it before. So I was asking him questions about it because it was just kind of interesting to me. And yeah, crazy people find, are interesting. You know, oh, so really you're are, acting like so. you don't know, eh? Hmm. <laughs> but no, I mean, he was friendly about it. He proceeded to tell me what, you know, what what he was talking about, what his beliefs were. And, you know, and he ended up going out, you know, whatever. He wasn't mad. He just, I think he tried. Okay. Maybe yeah. he tried this never a couple of try. Yeah, definitely never hurts but, to but try. But what was interesting, you know, both of these uh, uh, people were different uh, races. And not that this matters, but a lot of people think that, you know, these sovereign citizens are just, you know, uh, white guys sitting yeah. in their basement or whatever. But, you know, there are all kinds of people that believe different kinds sure. of things. Sure. I mean, so, there's all kinds of people that want to get out from under the thumb of the government, and they will glom on to any old, you know, theory that is presented to them, no matter how seemingly absurd it might be to the rest of us. I get it. Yeah. I tried some of this stuff in the past. I mean, well, you tried it basically to see whether or not uh, what you were being told was untrue. You were willing. Yeah, but I tried it in court. <laughs> I mean, yes. where I got arrested for contempt of court. You were willing result. to try so, it, I mean, whereas most of these people are just willing right. to talk about right, it. Right, right. If you try this stuff, you're putting something on the line. Let's let's be clear. <laughs> you know, you, you're putting your freedom on the line, uh, depending on what theory it is that uh, that you try to go with. And again, you might might try it and it'll work and then of course you'll think that oh well this theory works but then the next time you try it it may not work because as we pointed out it might just be that the judge didn't want to have to deal with you and if it was like a minor traffic ticket then whatever just you know 
let the guy off. Let's just get back to the normal victims. Guess, and, let's get back to ringing the cash yeah, register. Exactly. You know, they don't want trouble. Hey, thanks, Libertarian Banker. I appreciate your hey, stories guys. tonight. Let's I feel go. like there's a strategy here, though, Mark, that you can use to keep people away from your property. They're really religious nuts because, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you can always just tell them, you know, that this is where on your farm... You know, are contained all the beasts of Mark. <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of problem with uh, people coming by, knocking on the door. We did have some Jehovah's Witnesses at one point. Really? But I'm the, really the last person that you want to have. Were they one- the old ladies or the teenage boys? Um, old ladies. That's, okay. Teenage boys are usually Mormons. Mormons, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'm the last person you want to have that conversation with. I do not come to the scriptural battle unarmed. Right, yeah. Uh, having read the... Oh, you're a minister. Uh, yes, well, <laughs> ha- having read the New Testament like seven times, I'm kind of aware of some of these verses, and you're just wasting your time. Uh, like, what's what's the old saying? You don't uh, wrestle with a pig because sooner or later you, um, you find out that uh, you get all muddy and the pig likes it. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, it's something like that. I'll look I've it heard up. Lie down with dog, you get uh, dogs, you get fleas. It's, that's not uh, relevant in this particular um, the situation. But I like these situations. Yeah. And if you come to my door so with you're your the pig. with gotcha. your religion with your religion, <laughs> expect <laughs> trouble. You know, <laughs> just ultimately expect to have your beliefs challenged and um, not poorly. So there you go. Let's go to Abel. He's on the line in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live on Skype. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. Hey. Hey, Johnson's here, too. Johnson. Johnson. Hello. Hey. Good, good to speak with you. I um, am uh, wanting to speak about, you know, the so-called sovereign citizen. I, uh-huh. You know, I, I had a cop ask me that once. Are you a sovereign citizen? Hmm. Oh, as I'm getting pulled over in New York uh, for uh, running out of fuel. In a Why would he ask you that? Cold- well, I'm because I, you know, I had some information in the car uh, that, uh, you know, I think there was a bunch of stuff from um, Cop Block, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, amongst the papers. and Which, stuff. of course, has nothing whatsoever to do with sovereign citizen. But this shows the ignorance of the police is they've heard a little bit about this. They've probably gotten a very brief, uh, you know, handout or something like that about what identifies a sovereign citizen. The, they Southern, have a constitution. the Southern Poverty Law Center did some kind of hit piece yeah. that they uh, distributed to law enforcement uh, some years ago. So hang on, Abel. We'll let you finish your story up here in moments. Uh, Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. And so anybody that that stands on their rights, anybody that, you know, seems to know a thing or two about the law, the cops, many cops will just jump to a conclusion. Oh, you're a sovereign citizen, are you? No. It's Free Talk Live. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. You can join us on the radio here. We're talking about the so-called sovereign citizens, these uh, people who don't really have any kind of uniting belief system. But I would say if there's anything that unites them, it's that they are not happy with the current government. Uh, some of them probably want to replace the government with a government to their liking. Others might just want to get out from underneath any kind of government. So I wouldn't say that there's any real solid philosophy uh, behind Maybe it. Maybe that you can claim your own sovereignty, which I think is a um, a true and empowering belief, right? Yeah, so I like that idea. What's the uh, Hobbesian uh, you know, dilemma is, is that you tra- trade uh, your rights for civilization. Um, and if that's true then you should be able to trade them back. Like, nobody ever said, Mm, hey, little baby Mark, 
do you want to <laughs> trade your rights away for civilization? And, um, yeah, right? Like, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, uh, you know, at some point I should be able to make the decision right. that, no, I don't want to do that. Or even if it did happen, you were uninformed at the time, and now that you've learned more, you'd like to re- renege on that agreement. Right, and if that's the case, then I should be able to... Pay the penalty and walk. Or um, or the idea maybe that I have to leave civilization, but then you know where is where does civilization end? Do I go to a U.S. Uh, do I go to a state park? Do I have to go to a federal uh, you know monument area? Um, do I have to leave the United States itself? If so, um, how is it really a choice if I if all the land in the world is claimed by other governments? Like this is a. It's a strange sort of uh, claim. So I have to say I agree with the sovereign citizens in this area that if you have rights, you must be able to claim them back from the government. Yeah, I like the idea of being sovereign, uh, of being, you know, sort of the king of your own domain, being able to have your property, have whatever rules you want on that property and having a bunch of sovereigns, having 300 million sovereigns in this landmass known as the United States. I think that's a nice idea. But the uh, sovereign citizen concept, the way they try to approach that is fraught with peril. Well, the, yeah, there's a lot of different things that they try. And, um, you know, I'm, I, the, the idea that the government has a path through which you a can, secret exit right, the, yeah. the, through which you can travel that they will give you their freedom yeah if you just hire enough gurus yeah. uh sit, sit through enough seminars and fill out the right paperwork you'll it's, be free it just it, it just it to me it's absolutely ludicrous yeah. these people are writing the laws if they're writing the laws they write them however they wish and if they write them yeah. however they wish there's no loophole for you so let's go back to uh, able Freeman uh, with us in New Hampshire on Skype. Go ahead, Abel. You were telling us a story. Yeah, I uh, I also did uh, kind of reiterate my rights to uh, to the police officers at hand, and uh, and they, you know, in the way that I did it, probably showed a little bit more knowledge of of such things. That- and, and just to recap, you uh, were asked at a pullover in New York if you were a sovereign citizen. Right, exactly. And um, and I ended up spending 12 days in, uh, in a, a pre-trial lockup. <laughs> and this uh, was just for your car running out of gas? Uh, well, there were other issues. Uh, okay. You know, for instance, uh, uh, I, I, w- I was tr- using my right to travel. Uh, and uh, and and not having a driver's license at the time was the car registered. Uh, the car was registered. Absolutely, okay. it was a mini. It was not a mini. It was a, uh, a RV. It was a thirty-seven. So they uh, did they impound the the car. Uh, they they took it away, and you know it cost me uh, about two thousand dollars. <laughs> Whoa! To get yeah. it back. Well, it was you know they towed it. Yeah. Rather than just get it running and, and you know, because all it needed was a, a boost on the battery. Mm. I had already replaced the fuel. I had a I had a 25 gallon uh, or five gallon can of fuel I dumped in. So they charged you two thousand dollars to tow and store that thing for 12 days. Yeah. Wow. Let me ask you this. Um, if oh, you man. were pulled over on the side of the road um, and getting some fuel and you had gotten fuel, how is it that? 
they were able to ask you for your driver's license. I mean, I, don't well, you the don't they have to sort of have probable cause that you have to come, you know, the, the belief that you've committed some crime to ask well, you for it? The place that my car pooped out at, at last was sitting in the only operative toll booth. Uh, oh, man. The New York Thruway. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is inconvenient. That's a bad place to, uh, yeah, oh, to get pulled over. So, yeah, I uh, just bad luck. And I, and, and I owned it because I, I you know, I, I, I was trying to get to, you know, fuel. And I could have just dumped that five gallons in, at, you know, when it started sputtering at me. And I might have been able to keep going. But uh, I didn't do that. And I, you know, and it just, it Oops. just. I went over the you know, ramp and, and, you know, was getting off of the, the throughway. Right. And it was interesting that they that they didn't even charge me for that toll because going from the two from oh, the toll. Your lucky to the, day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was because it was a continuation of the same road. And for whatever reason, they there's a zero toll on that one uh uh, one ramp to ramp. Situation. Abel, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Chuck is in California. Uh, Chuck, where are you What's calling up, from Chuck? tonight in California? Uh, Wilford Heights. Excellent. Are you listening? It's, it, 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 it's east of Bakersfield. All right. Go ahead with your in thoughts. Uh, well, you were talking about Shire license plates. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me a long time ago when Steve Jobs was still alive. He used to drive around in Silicon Valley with it. Instead of a license plate, he had a barcode on the back where the license plate went. It's awesome. And what did the barcode translate to? Do you know? I I have no idea. You know, and I, you know, it's kind of interesting because cops around here don't let you get away with anything. Right. And uh, like in San Francisco, if you show up in the city without a front license plate, you get a ticket. Now, wasn't it... uh wasn't Steve Jobs is basically what he was doing was he's just so rich that if they impounded a car, he would just go ahead and get another one or something. I think like that, that. As, if, as I recall it, um, I looked into it and there's some law in New in uh, California that, you know, basically allows you to drive around without a license plate for the first six months. Hmm. And, the, yeah, and so he would just buy a new car from DMV until like uh three, three, two or three months after you buy a car. But he had to have a driver's license. So, Well, you know, most of the time people drove him around. I don't think he drove himself much. Yeah. That's a cool story, man. Was that all you wanted to share or do you got more? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm one of those old guys that remembers CB radios. Yeah. So, so, you know, my brother-in-law had one and boy, the, the, those things drove me crazy because people would yell into them and they thought they were so cool. Hey, you know, what's your handle and all this crap. Yeah. Some people have like the noise making boxes and the echo boxes. And of course you can jack up the radio's wattage uh, in some cases. And you can hear people from Mexico uh, who are using illegal uh, wattage. And it was fun. When was the last time you ever used a CB radio? What year? Do you know? I never used one. Oh. I couldn't stand them. <laughs> you know, my, my my brother-in-law had one, and he he had one in the kitchen. Chuck, the, thanks for sharing your story, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for All sharing right. that. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. 
Bitcoin.com is the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. Buying Bitcoin? Do it here! Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Our forum is always open and censorship-free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. That's why this site is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free. Join us right here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, you can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up whatever you want. We've been talking about the so-called sovereign citizens. Coming up, Johnson's going to tell us about uh, geo-blocking. I don't know what that is, but uh, we'll, we'll find out here in a moment. Plus, uh, Mark, you've got a story out of a court that uh, is coming to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals regarding uh what was it it was um the 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 situation was shoot i don't have it uh, uh. My, my, computer, <laughs> my computer froze up and my brain isn't working i'm sorry all right i actually had it written down here somewhere uh, so something about answering questions uh, yeah. or asking police questions or police asking you questions sorry i didn't mean to put you on the spot there anyway uh i did want to talk a little bit more about winston shroud because somebody brought up so- sovereign citizens tonight and I thought, oh, I just saw this news about a guy whose name, you know, it's a memorable name, Shrout. Uh, I remember seeing his name years ago. spelled? S-H-R-O-U-T. Okay. I remember seeing his name years ago and, you know, researching all these various sovereign citizen conspiracy theories. And, well, this guy just got found guilty of multiple, like, 13 felony counts of uh, basically issuing fraudulent financial documents. And the story here, kind of a, a brief summary of a little bit of the, what happened in court from the DailyBeast.com's Kelly Vile. With a disarming southern drawl, a whiteboard, and a YouTube channel, Winston Shrout spent years explaining the secrets of the tax system. Money hadn't been real since the United States abandoned the gold standard in 1933. That's, well, that's true. true. <laughs> that's, that's part of the thing with these theories is a lot of times... They're based in some truth. And, and it depends on what you – real is probably a pretty yeah. – Well, real, we would define it yeah. as money that was backed as by <laughs> something, something of value. As real value. Uh, they got rid of the gold standard and eventually pulled out any kind of backing from yeah. the The only value dollar. that backs the, the, uh, the, the money now, this worthless paper, is violence. Correct. Threats. The monopoly. Yeah, uh, the, the legal tender laws. If you don't take this money, we'll break your legs. That's how it works. Essentially, well, that's how it works. That is how it works. I, I don't know that it's... Okay, so... That's what legal tender means, Mark. You have to accept the U.S. dollar as all debts... Or, or do you have a case... will show up and make you. Does anyone have a case, a court case, where somebody, some business owner refused to accept I've U.S. dollars? I've never looked dollars? for it, Mark. I don't I, know. Best I can tell, that's not the case. Because who's going to refuse to accept them? You can take because them to the Because they're bank. of value. Um, yeah. That much is true but if you wanted to just do business in silver or bitcoin or whatever i'm sure you can do it for a very long time without anybody any, yeah without any kind of problem i think you're right the about thing that. is is that u.s dollars are the standard by which all other currencies are rated yeah. and um you know the legal tender laws have far more to do with uh you know what you can pay your taxes in than anything else so, again, starting with the basis that the U.S. had abandoned the gold standard in 1933 and that debt was commercial karma. Not sure what 
that means. The 14th Amendment to the Constitution, which may or may not be legal, Shrout contended, included a secret provision allowing Americans to opt out of citizenship. For years, Shrout was an icon of the Sovereign Citizen Movement, a loosely affiliated group of Americans who claimed to be emancipated from the government. Sovereign citizens may believe local sheriffs to be the highest valid form of government or that they can evade taxes in perpetuity by misspelling their names or that all Americans are secretly owed $630,000, which was placed in a federal bank account upon their birth. From his popular YouTube channel, an expensive series... Why that number? I don't know. An expensive series of DVDs and a lecture circuit, Shrout espoused all manner of theory on how Americans could allegedly free themselves from the federal government on wild technicalities. Now he's on trial, or was, this was written in the middle of the the trial, was a three-day trial last week, in federal court for allegedly issuing more than $100 trillion in fake financial instruments. Oh, that was going to work. That was a good plan. Which he allegedly peddled through his seminars. In his federal trial, which began last Tuesday, Shrout pleaded not guilty to six counts of willful failure to file income tax returns. If his plan works and you could just generate money out of thin air by filing instruments with the government, then why did he charge for his class? Indeed. And 13 counts of fictitious obligations relating to his alleged scheme to forge and circulate imaginary currency at astronomical valuations. For the last seven years, Shrout ran an elaborate scheme to invent fictional currencies like the, quote, international bills of exchange or the non-negotiable bills of exchange, supposedly worth trillions of dollars. And (laughs) you can't negotiate it either. (laughs) And pass them off to his sovereign citizen disciples, a federal indictment said in Oregon District Court. Shrout allegedly. So this was brought. This was brought by angry disciples. Maybe interesting. I don't know. Or the people. Yeah. Shrout allegedly presented the made-up documents as legitimate, sending them to financial institutions. That'll also get you caught, Mark. It might have been the banks and uh, credit card companies that he was trying to defraud as well. Yeah. And even hosting seminars to spread the gospel of fake money. In 2009, Mark Morini paid $936 to attend one of Shrout's three-day seminars and to buy one of Shrout's DVDs, which range in price from $65 for the Accepted for Value series Part 1 to the $120 DVD on commercial consciousness breaking the mind control. $120 for a DVD. That's... A lot of money. Yeah. You know how much it costs to manufacture a DVD? Uh, well, I mean, it's the it's the value of the information it contains. <laughs> in the lecture, Shrout preached the straw man theory that U.S. law only applies to a person's straw man or their name as it is registered in federal files. Now, she doesn't get into it, but uh, we've heard people espouse this theory on the air for a long time. This and, is pretty common. And the idea it hasn't is, worked yet anywhere. Not but that yeah. I've seen. No, the idea is that you're not that name on your ID. That name's in all <laughs> capital letters. And let me tell you, you can try telling a judge that, but you're not going to get out of the, uh, right. the charge. They're not going to so. put your driver's license in a jail cell. Yeah. Shroud, you. Shroud elaborated on the theory in a YouTube discussion with the Galactic Connection blog. The interview opened with an advertisement for the blog's implant removal process. Oh, boy. A service that costs... Why is it one- that aliens, religion, and like flat earth theory all seem all to like go together? together? Like, you know, uh, the same people. Why is that? 
You should talk to some of the people that went to the recent uh, Free Your Mind seminar in uh, Philadelphia. Apparently, it was full of these these kind of people. Yeah, well, you know yeah. what they say about an open mind, right? When it's open enough, anything it can get falls in there. right out of your head. <laughs> okay. A uh, service that costs $144 for implant removal phase one, part of a set of galactic essences, specially crafted by a self-proclaimed wizard in the <laughs> Melchizedek Order, right alongside Merlin. Melchizedek, Melchizedek Order. And her friend, whom she met at a UFO conference. The Hold ga- on. The wizard's a woman? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. I mean, wouldn't she be a sorceress or a witch Could or be. something I'm like that? I'm a Melchizedek Nephilim from the Pleiades region. <laughs> <laughs> the galactic essences purportedly cleanse the body of implants that were inserted for reasons unknown, either by aliens or as part of the controlling matrix. Well, if you thought you had implants... It would be nice if somebody would sell you the service of uh, you removing, know, them. removing them. Yeah, Sovereign citizens who subscribe to the straw man theory often deliberately misspell their legal names and attempt to distance themselves from their legal obligations. When Morini signed up for Shrout's seminar, remember he paid nearly $1,000 for this three-day seminar, he also used a fake name, enrolling as Mark T. Morrison. But Morini wasn't really a sovereign citizen. He was an undercover investigator with the Treasury Inspector General's office. Mm. On Tuesday, Marini took the stand to testify against Shrout. He posed as an out-of-luck landscaper in 2009 when he first began exchanging emails with Shrout, who sold his seminars and DVDs from the legitimate-sounding Winston Shrout Solutions in Commerce. Marini claimed to be $25,000 in debt to the IRS, a situation with which Shrout was well acquainted. Uh... We're all familiar with that word, debt, Shrout said in a 2015 lecture entitled Removing Commercial Karma at a conference hosted by the group Enlightened Contract with Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Posing as a believer, Marini traveled to one of Shrout's three-day seminars in Cincinnati, and at the seminar, Shrout showed him how to use a fake treasury account to pay his tax debt. Marini testified Tuesday, according to Oregon Live. When Marini went to pay for the seminar, Shrout allegedly refused a check and instead insisted Marini send money to a company called ComEd, C-O-M-E-D, which on Tuesday Shrout denied having any connection to. There's a little bit more about this guy. He's going to prison, likely. He's got sentencing coming up on August 1st after being convicted of every count of fraud, uh, creating these fraudulent financial <laughs> instruments that uh, he was charged with. We're coming up here in moments, and you can share your thoughts with us at 855-450-FREE. If somebody tells you that they can just have you you know, make up some piece of paper and that's going to get rid of all of your <laughs> debt, you ought to be real careful. Free Talk Live. Dial on in here, toll-free. The latest sovereign citizen to go down in flames, a man named Winston Shrout, who, uh, like a lot of these gurus, would sell his ideas. And as you pointed out, Mark, if this man could just create money out of thin air or pay off debts out of thin air, uh, then why did he have to sell the seminars? Why not just give the information away and just, you know, make unlimited amounts of funds from this scheme of his because uh, it was a bunch of crap right he was uh, sent up the river here for what 
ten trillion dollars in or some trillions of dollars yeah, in a hundred uh, trillion dollars hundred trillion dollars in in sort of fake fraudulent no, documents fraudulent documents there you go that's a nice term uh the shroud according to the dailybeast.com was notoriously evasive about money prosecutors allege and the investigator mr marini his twenty five thousand dollar debt which he didn't really have this was a undercover agent who went into one of this guy's seminars uh looking for help when uh, Shrout purportedly eliminated with a fake treasury account was peanuts compared to other fake transactions Shrout allegedly made. His indictment lists a series of fraudulent transactions made over several years, ranging from a meager $10 million international bill of exchange issued to a small construction company in Oregon to two $1 trillion international bills of exchange to a bank. The bills submitted as evidence during the Tuesday trial were stamped with a red thumbprint, a signature used in some sovereign citizen documents. Quote, Shrout produced and issued more than 300 of these fictitious financial instruments purported to be worth in total over $100 trillion on his own behalf and for credit to third parties. Shrout, by the way, represented himself in the trial with the help of a standby public defender i bet that went poorly according to OregonLive.com, that uh, reported on the trials was happening in oregon so they they got some of the, the better coverage of it uh, in 2011 the uh, shroud sent by fedex a package to a bank in chicago called american metro bank it contained 1000 so-called international bills of exchange each supposedly worth one trillion dollars with the mailing were instructions on so <laughs> This is like more than the national debt. It's like a quadrillion dollars. All right. Uh, With the mailing were instructions on how the bank should process them and pledges that they would be honored by the Treasury, according to prosecutors. What bank in their right mind would do this? I mean, if you're going to do it, do it for, I mean, come on, trillions of dollars? If you're going to do it, do it for $10 million and see whether or not, because the bank might honor the federal government. $10 million is nothing to the federal government, but is a such a significant amount of money to an individual that they basically don't have to think about money anymore. During the government's opening statement, uh, the prosecutor stood in front of two large poster boards, one that depicted one of these international bills of exchange with a decorative blue border, a fake account number, the red thumbprint over a space-marked seal, and a signature. It purported to be drawn on the U.S. Treasury as a, quote, guaranteed legal tender obligation of the corporate United States. United States, all in capital letters. The other board depicted a non-negotiable bill of exchange that Shrout sent to the Treasury, seeking to be credited $1.9 million. Uh, Finally, the bank president in this one case was expected to testify that it took considerable time for him to determine that the documents were bogus before he sent them back to Mr. Shrout. Anyway, uh, Shrout crisscrossed the globe, giving for-profit seminars in San Antonio, Boston, all over the place, teaching hundreds of people how to do this scheme. He was paid royalties by two companies, uh, Beverly Event and Distribution Services Incorporated, as well as ComEd for the sales of his DVDs, which are uh, as as much as $120 for one DVD, as well as other promotional materials that were sold at the seminars. And uh, ultimately, he's going down. Let's talk to Russell in Peoria, Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Russell. Hey, hello. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight? I'd just like to make a comment about the lady, Sarah, that called in about uh, how the free market failed or whatever. I don't know what kind of point she was trying to make. Was this last night? Billy, oh, uh, when, when was this? Was it last night? 
I was listening. I thought it was still. I thought she was still. I thought it was live tonight. I was. I listened to last last oh, night's I episode. Know. I don't know. Um, if you're listening now, you should be listening to, to tonight's show. You're listening online. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the phone. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, man. So I don't know. I think I typed. Yeah, maybe I typed in, tapped in on the last. It was yesterday's episode. Maybe okay. I don't think I was on live stream. So. Well, well, regardless, uh, Sarah calls in quite often. So she was blaming the market for something. You say? Yeah, she was talking to Mark. Mark I don't think I didn't hear you. Uh, were you on last night? I was not. No. Okay, that's Mark. Why. You're sitting quietly. You I remember this. I, I was on. Um, I'm not recalling what uh, specifically she said the market failed on, but I'm I'm listening. Oh, she she also mentioned Bill, Bill O'Reilly about how he now because the true market failed because he's getting a big settlement in sexual harassment. You know, you know, do you remember that part? I, that sounds like Chris, the uh, the lady that uh, was you know complaining that basically oh, okay. CEOs get uh, golden parachutes and and that sort of thing. That was a different caller, right? But um, yeah, I'm not. I want to make it clear. I'm not a fan of Bill, Bill O'Reilly. I want to make that clear. Okay, okay. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not supporting him. But a lot of these sexual harassment suits, there was no. There's no proof, and they just throw them to the person money just to get rid of them. So there's actually no proof of anything he did wrong, right? Yeah, I, I think that in, in his case, to me, it's like the preponderance of the evidence. Like, it just keeps on coming back. And what are the allegations? I know nothing about this case. Uh, you know, go ahead. Well, they, he, well, he just got kicked out of Fox, so yeah. it, it got to that point. I guess, no, I understand but. that. I'm just wondering, what are the allegations? I, I saw the headline that Bill O'Reilly got lost his job, but that's all I know. So, like, what are the allegations okay. against him? Do you know? Supposedly, he's been sexual harassing people for 20 years. Do no. you believe that or not? Wait, no, so. but what, does, did they get specific? Like, did he pinch somebody's butt? Uh, did he, <laughs> you know, demand sex for a promotion? I mean, what what did he do? Uh, he, he slowly did all things, like dropped a key and a girl lap saying, hey, meet me in my hotel room, stuff like that, hmm. you know. And if that's true, why didn't she just throw away the key? Why She actually showed up at his hotel room with the key. Why did she do that? That makes no sense. And then what happened? It's a good well, question. She's in the world of that stuff. But the thing is about his failure, he brought in $180 million a year in advertisement. Mm-hmm. So if he gets a little bit of that, he's not a failure. He didn't fail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, you mean as yeah. as far as the uh, taking it, uh, t- taking the, uh, the the golden parachute? Um, I'm interested right. in seeing how his podcast goes. He just launched it today. Um, you know the the Bill O'Reilly podcast. Are people watching because he was on prime time, or because he on was a Fox, great entertainer. or mm-hmm. is it because they really love Bill O'Reilly? And I don't know the answer to that. What say you? The, what say, <laughs> well, I say well, it's some well, both. He is a neocon, so I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people to follow that, you yeah. know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all these guys have their, uh, you know, their fan, their fan base. And Personally, this... I think he's a pinhead. <laughs> F it, we'll do it live. Well, I mean, he's, not, he's not a complete pinhead because he does. I mean, I, I watched him maybe once or twice. I was just he does using one of his stupid slogans. Oh, one of his catchphrases. Yeah, I don't. He, he does say things that are true, and that's that's the problem. People like him do more damage to the free market. I mean, to the idea of free market than they support because, like Rush Limbaugh, I'm not a fan of Rush Limbaugh either. But he does say things that are true once in a while. Sure. Hey, at least Tucker Car- Carlson, you know, supported Ron Paul. I mean, that's, now that's, that's the, the replacement, right? They replaced yes, him correct, with, yep. with Carlson. I don't really like 
Tucker Carlson that much. But he's like a at libertarian least he's marginally light. better. He's a libertarian light, right? Isn't, yeah, isn't... maybe. I don't know. Uh, hey, Russell, thanks for bringing this story up. I pr- appreciate hearing from you tonight. Uh, regarding, so so what happened? He got uh, like they the Fox basically said, yeah, this guy might have done some of this stuff, so we're going to cut him loose out of his contract, and that's why he got the payment. Is that's that what the happened? impression. I mean, basically, this whole uh, sexual harassment thing's piling up on Fox, and they have to do something. Like the whole corporate Rupert, culture, yeah, of, Rupert Murdoch, kind of uh, O'Reilly, you know, and uh, everybody feels like they're not getting enough, so they. It's not unbelievable. Demand it. It's, it seems very plausible. I mean, look, that's it's sort of like the kind of the radio business too. For a long time, the radio business was was known as this kind of free wheel in place where people said what they wanted to say. Well, you in, worked, in you office. got hired on at JCor, right? Yeah, and uh, in their documents, which uh, became Clear Channel, yeah. or they were bought by. The the employee handbook, as I understand it, I'd have to look it up to get the uh, the direct verbiage or whatever. But you know, it was passed down to me via legend that you know it only been a year since uh, J Core had been eaten up by Clear Channel. Um, that essentially there was a place in the employee handbook that basically said look this is a creative place creative people sometimes make uh, jokes of a sexual nature Um, you are (laughs) signing away your right to have a sexual harassment suit by working here Um, or you know basically a straight up acknowledgement of the radio right and I've got to say that if uh, you know if I didn't think it was funny I was sexually harassed relatively regularly at uh, Clear Channel. By whom? But I'm not going to give names. Male or female? Uh, females. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure that I'm sure it happened with males too. I'm you know I'm that kind of guy, right? Like harass all, <laughs> equally harassed by all. There's more coming up here. Uh, you can share your thoughts, whether it's on O'Reilly or whatever's on your mind. More coming up here. Hour three's on the way. Eight fifty-five, four fifty, free. Free nice talk a lot. A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us here. The number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733 as we launch into the third hour of the program. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves with you in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Johnson. Back and Mark. To, oh, yeah, you're here too. Here I am. Uh, back to your phone calls and thoughts. Let's go to Don. He's in Tampa. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Don. Hey, how's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, so I've been living in Florida for about 14 months now, and I noticed... I'm sorry. Pretty much every job... Sorry? I said I'm sorry. Yeah, I only am actually living here for about a year to see my family, because I moved down here, and then I'm moving back to Michigan. Okay. But, um, I've noticed the only job offers I get down here are contracting work, and I noticed that contractors typically don't get paid overtime... And they don't get insurance. Uh, and in this particular job I have now, uh, they don't take my taxes out. I have to figure that out myself. Hmm. Okay. And I was wondering if you guys knew why why people aren't considered regular employees and how they, in, in Florida, I know because you used to live there, they just 
can consider a lot of people contractors. Yeah, healthcare in Texas. You kind of already hit on it. Yeah, so it's uh it's better in my opinion for the business owner to mm-hmm. have contractors rather than employees. Uh, for the reasons that you just mentioned, or those are a couple of them. A lot uh, of people are really stupid, too, and they don't think about the taxes and their salary, so they think that they're making a lot of money, and they don't realize, like, oh, you, you, you're you really not making nearly what you should be making if you were an employee. And the, the employees right. come with all kinds of legal uh, mandates, which involve the health care, right. for instance, and uh, you know, not working more than so many hours. And- As I understand it, the federal government says if it looks like an employee, if it acts like an employee, it's an employee. So there's a certain test that right, right. Uh, you know, you know, there's like you know, you can't tell an employee, uh, you know, a, when a to sh- you, you can't tell a contractor when to show up. I think you. It seems like you should be able to tell a contractor when to show up, but. Yeah, or at least when a job has to be done by. Well, that was one of the arguments. Well, yeah, sure, that, that could be in the contract, I think. But like, so like one of the arguments that was made in the Uber case, and there've been a, a couple of these, but like California's government went after Uber and said these aren't contractors; these are employees. And the argument Uber made was, no, they're not, because they can show up whenever they want. They can clock in and do their Ubering whenever they darn well feel like it. And that was a strong argument against them uh, being employees. And that's because Uber doesn't want to have to treat them like employees. They don't want to have to uh, provide health care services and withhold taxes and all that. That's that's work that the employer has to do. Right. Um, but like with Uber, you can show up and you can start working whenever you want. That's right. A lot of jobs, you can't like when you work and when you don't work it just it's, it sounds really strange to me because like if i'm showing up and i work for a company and i'm doing work for them i don't see how i wouldn't be an employee instead of like a contractor well again if you now maybe there's somebody out there who's more of an expert on on hiring contractors uh versus hiring employees because i don't have any real experience with hiring employees but the contractor has a job to do and there's certain parameters around that job. So if it's a construction job, then you've been contracted to do the plumbing work on this house that's being built or whatever it is that you've been contracted to do. And you've got, like you said, Mark, maybe a time frame in which that job needs to get done. So as long as that plumbing job is done before we need to have the finishing guy come in, then uh, you know, you're going to get paid Golden, your, yeah. your full amount. Uh, every day you're late, you're going to not get as much or whatever, however the contract terms. That'd be a great way to do it. I suspect it's not. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. I've never, like I said, I've never dealt with that stuff before. But as long as you fulfill your end of the contract, you get paid. Right. Um, now, I noticed with, the, with like plumbers and construction workers, they show up and they do a job, and then they move on to the next job, the next customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I, I work for a security company. And the place I work for every night, it's pretty much, you know, clock in, clock out, like, same time every week. And they're paying you as a contractor is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, there may be an argument that you're an employee in that particular case. I think that yeah, would be, I wouldn't know. That would be something that you would have to pull up, uh, you know, some some law about or some, you know, a quick Google would probably reveal the differences between the legal differences between a contractor and an employee. Uh, I have not pulled that up personally at this moment, uh, but I imagine you could find that. And then if you, you know, really cared that much about this, you could probably come to the 
uh, the person that you're working for and say, hey, I think I should be an employee. And they might say, hey, get lost. We'll find another contractor. Probably, so, yeah. you know, this, yeah, likely. This is probably a tree that you don't want to really spend any time uh, barking up because ultimately there's plenty well, of jobs Well, look for a new there. job um, yeah. is the, the answer to it. If you don't right. like the one that yeah. you've, you've got, is get another one. I mean, there's plenty of low-paying low jobs in, in Florida if you want to get a job. You can go work in fast food and, you know, I'm sure that uh, McDonald's is hiring. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm only going to be in Florida for a couple more months, and I I only work in security because my com- uh, my cousin has a sweet deal, it's like some some rich guy. You know, you just sit there and so you do you get sit, you sit around, you get paid. I mean, that you got to figure so out bad. you got to yeah. figure out how to parlay your time with like some some internet work uh, at the same time, so you can get double your whatever yeah. you're making or something like that. Right. Hey, yeah. Don, thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Greg. He's in Brooklyn. You're on Free Talk Live. Our toll-free number, by the way, 855-450-FREE. You're welcome away, and maybe you know a lot more than we do about contractor versus employee. Go ahead, Greg. I do know a bit. I used to be an employee and a contractor, so okay. uh, I can speak from experience. What's the difference? I'm gonna, well, there are many differences, but essentially the difference is it's the government. And I'm actually going to put on my libertarian hat for this one and say... I'd like to abolish the employee relationship because everything about employee is actually the product of the government. Everything from the 40-hour work week to the fact that uh, children uh, can't be employees to the fact that overtime mandated pay to the fact that people just you know have to clock in and be there for eight hours and pretend like they're working mm. and can't do outside work and can't compete and at-will employment and all that stuff. If you want to work in the free market, be a contractor, no protections from the government, and uh, then you would really have a free market. You'd have a so, much more free market. That's I agree. for certain. Employees, uh, th- that whole agreement sucks. Yeah, the idea is is that uh, you know the counter argument obviously is is that uh, people are uh, dumb. They don't plan far enough ahead, and they won't get they won't pay for insurance if we don't force them to have it. Uh, they won't put away for retirement if we don't force them to, and they won't. Uh, the, you know the the uh, what, what's that uh, protection? The insurance program that if you hurt yourself on the job, um, you know they they have to have that too. So that's the uh, the counter argument according to an article over at legalzoom.com they uh, get a, it's a lengthy article but i'll just read the conclusion here certain factors will define a worker as an independent contractor in every case not relying on the business as the sole source of income working at his or her own pace as defined by an agreement being ineligible for employer provided benefits and retaining a degree of control and independence while the independent contractor is his or her own boss, work stays within the definitions of an oral or written contract and adheres to certain requirements. An employee, on the other hand, relies on the business for steady income, gives up elements of control and independence, and is eligible for certain benefits and work uh, works within constraint of the workspace. So those are some of the, the key differences there. Anyway, what else were you calling about tonight, Greg? Yeah, no, I think this this is the best topic. I, I kind of wanted to uh, continue on this. Just sure. to look, historically, um, actually a lot of the uh, fertile ground that anarcho-capitalists today reap was actually owned by people specifically against uh, the employee relationship. And, and in that case, it was serfs. It was, uh, you know, Everyone from Adam Smith, actually, the invisible hand is not something that he necessarily uses that phrase himself. But he said that if people would be self-employed, that would lead to greater equality between the employer and the 
employee. And so he advocated everybody to basically have their own business, in a sense. And yeah. also... Hold that, hold that like, thought, Greg. We'll, uh, we'll yep. come back to you here in moments. I, I agree with him on this. Um, you know, if you're independent of an employer, if you have more freedom to choose who you're working with, you can sort of float around, take the best gigs. Uh, that gives you more uh, freedom. I mean, that's always a good thing. And, uh, and, and, and that's more of an entrepreneurial mindset that's required for that. And the government kind of destroys that entrepreneurial mindset with their government schools. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. You can bring up anything you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I do want to let you know about Bitcoin.com. Now, they've recently reported their Bitcoin transaction fees have increased by more than 1,200% since 2015. And that's not good. To many Bitcoin proponents, the current fee market is moving way too fast, making Bitcoin unusable for certain transactions. The fee market and slow confirmation times have also increased the tension concerning the block size debate. However, if there are wallets with low amounts of Bitcoin that can't cover the fees, they'll become virtually unspendable. Learn more at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. As we continue with your calls and thoughts, Greg is on the line in Brooklyn. Uh, Greg, continue. You were telling us we were talking about contractors and uh, you were just talking about how the employee-employer relationship is generally pretty awful. It could be awful, both for the entrepreneurship uh, aspect of the country and also for um, kind of the the psyche of the employee. So for the first one, entrepreneurship, the reason there's a a lot of it in the United States, whereas comparatively less in Europe, this may be changing, but until recently it was because of the strong employee protections. There's not a lot of limited liability for um, startups to form, and if they get workers, they have to pay them. And if the startup goes under, the owner is on the hook for paying uh, the employees, including um, their benefits and and everything else. So it's much more risky Mm -hmm. to start new ventures in that kind of uh, regime than it is uh, when you have strong bankruptcy protections and limited liability uh, in the United States. Sounds right. And uh, so that's the first. And the second is the uh, kind of the spirit of the workers, sort of like if you had a promising project on the side, you wouldn't, you would always be afraid to do it because, um, you know, or to engage in a business, side business with someone because you don't want to rock the boat. You're getting the steady paycheck. It's sort of like the welfare uh, mm. system where, you know, if you get a job, you're risking, um, if you lose that job, then you have to get back on welfare, and you have you go six months without a paycheck. So that steady paycheck actually gets you dependent on it um, psychologically. Yep. And I feel that is also the personal risk-taking is reduced. So for those reasons, you know, actually um, the, uh, the before Before you go on, if you don't, yep. uh, if your personal risk-taking is reduced, that reduces your earning capacity, your maximum earning capacity, because in order to, you know, make things in life, you do generally have to take risk. If you want to be successful, risk is usually Risks in, don't always in pay that. off. Of course not. That's why they're called risks. But, but you have to take them if you want to pay <laughs> off. If you take the safe road the entire time, you're never going to really excel. Yeah, that's why I always say, and you know, I've called into the show a lot, and I say, look, I'm pretty much a libertarian except 
one thing is that I think all these safety nets should be combined into one basic income, and then you should abolish minimum wage, abolish employee relationships, abolish all these so quote-unquote protections uh, requiring the employer to be responsible for your health insurance, and just have a national safety net with health insurance, whatever, and then let people take risks. Let people do what they want with their lives, you know, write poetry, raise children, whatever it is that they want. That is true liberty, in my opinion. Now, um, and that's and, where we part ways. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not uh, <laughs> I'm not going to concede that, but I am interested in talking about it. So Milton Friedman had a, a certain, um, had the same idea. I think he called it the negative income tax uh, or whatever. Right. But um, this is not an uncommon idea in the libertarian sphere. Here's what my concern is. I would say it's uncommon. Um, Greg's the only person who's ever called about it. That's not true at all. People have called about the universal income uh, multiple occasions. I don't know why you uh, yeah. your mind's slipping on this. I don't remember it. Um, anyway, uh, getting back to it. So in, in this world where we decide that everybody in America gets, I don't know, call it $2,000 a month to, to live on. And um, that you know that's their basic income. They can earn anything they want above that. They get uh, basically nothing except health care. Is that right? So then, yeah, single payer health care for everybody. So single payer health care and a universal basic income, um, and that's what the government does is from a social welfare standpoint. Um, you know, there's no Medicare, no Medicaid, no Social Security, right? Right. It's all okay. just one program. Okay, great. I just want to make sure because uh, you know those are huge portions of the budget, and that would make a big difference. I haven't done the math on it. I don't know how much it would either expand or contract the current systems that we have today. But regardless, in that world where we care so much that we're willing to, that the government is willing to write a check to every living person, some people will make some very bad decisions. Some people would decide the very best use for their two thousand dollars is um, methamphetamine. Methamphetamines. That's a good one. And um you know, maybe you know, uh, jumping cars over the uh, you know Grand Canyon. Well, hold on, fire. can I stop you right there? Yeah. I just want to address this really quick. I am not necessarily saying you have to have a basic income. I'm saying you have to have, let's say, single payer health care. So you can't trade that away for methamphetamine. That's true. Uh, so I'm saying single payer for everything, including rent. Even let everybody have a minimal. You know, if you're falling on hard times. You got a safety net for that. You live in a shoebox apartment, but at least you survive. That's Would all you saying. want to live in these Section Eight housing? Uh, these these uh, these projects is the best term I've got for them um, that exist out there. I mean, I wouldn't. That's- a, I'd, I'd rather have, have that than be homeless. And B, there's two different things. Uh, the the projects are run by the government. That's not what I'm talking about. Section okay. Eight. Actually, my my grandparents lived in a Section Eight housing, yeah, that's which different. was right across the street from my house. So yeah. it was the same kind of housing. Yeah, and that, that's not provided by the government. That's a voucher. So, yeah, that's a voucher uh, that the, the government gets. And they, but they do come and do inspections. As a uh, person who did some rentals for a period of time, they'd come through and take a, a rental that I could get more money on generally and tell me a whole bunch of things I had to do to it um, that are like, what? This is crazy. Um, you know, like cords on, <laughs> uh, you know, the blinds and yeah. that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I could just say as a as a person who rented houses, I one time tried the Section 8 thing and decided I'm just not interested in it. But um, So you're not saying the universal basic income. You're saying that we should have single payer on things like housing and uh, uh, medicine. What about food? Yeah, we already have. Um, in fact, the SNAP program, the, uh, the uh, food stamp program, is a giant buyer 
payer uh, for food. It is. It is a single it's payer. It's not a single and payer. So public school. Well, it's not single payer. You see, like single payer says that there's only one payer for medicine, and you right, will never right. get medicine that isn't provided by the uh, you know the government that isn't paid for by the government. You could have a you know a, a safety net system where the government pays for sort of a minimum amount of medicine, but that really kind of puts one in a conundrum. So does one get cutting edge medicine if one is uh, you know n- can't pay for it themselves? Should that only be reserved for the rich? Should one get um, treatment for things that, you know, they did to themselves, like uh, diabetes in many cases, uh, type 2 diabetes, mm. um, you know, you, you ate yourself into oblivion. Um, well, and doesn't this, and before you answer that, and we'll, we'll hold on to you, Greg, but uh, but doesn't that, that also incentivize bad behavior as well? Like, if you know that your medical care is covered... You'll just drink till you die or, you know, close to it. Or if you know that your food is being covered, then you're going to buy steak all the time or lobster or some other expensive thing. Uh, we've definitely seen that to be the case with people. Uh, Cody O'Connor was was on uh, some food stamps for a while, and he was buying all kinds of nice food that he otherwise wouldn't be able to afford. There's more coming up here, Greg. If you want to stand by, we'll bring you back for this. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Ross Ulbricht was convicted in early 2015 of running the infamous Silk Road underground market. The Silk Road was a gift to humanity and helped reduce the harms brought on by drug prohibition. For this good deed, Ross has been sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Now, an appeal is Ross's only chance, and he needs your support. Please visit FreeRoss.org, where you can contribute via various methods, including Bitcoin. Visit FreeRoss.org. That's FreeRoss.org. It's Free Talk Live. Dial on in toll-free and join us. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything that you want with you in the studio here. It's me, Ian. And Johnson. And Mark. Also, I want to let you know about the official wallet of Free Talk Live. We're big fans of cryptocurrency here on this show. And if you're not yet into it, well, Jax might be a good place to start. It's the official wallet. You can go to Jax.io, J-A-X-X. Io to download your copy of Jax or download multiple versions because it's cross-platform. You can get it for your smartphone, Windows, Mac, Linux, browser plugins as well for Firefox and Chrome. And they allow you to access not just your Bitcoin, but also Ether and Dash and more. Lots of uh, different, a few different, several, I would say, cryptocurrencies are available in the Jax wallet. And they've got Shapeshift integration, which allows you to easily exchange between currencies. It was created by Anthony DiOrio, who is the creator of the CryptoKit, uh, which we used to talk about here on Free Talk Live. It's easy to back up your wallet and recover your funds with Jax, and they're striving to give you command over your digital life, coins, contracts, currencies, identity, and more. It's your digital command center in the palm of your hand. It's Jax, the official wallet of Free Talk Live at JAXX. Dot io as we go back to greg in brooklyn now greg you were talking about the uh, universal basic income but actually you made more clear that you were supporting a single payer system where a single payer and this system would be the government as i understand your proposal would pay for all health care would pay for food and uh, what was the other thing housing was it housing yeah, housing, yeah. healthcare, food and uh, in housing 
And what one of my concerns with that is, beyond the obvious coercion that would be required to implement that program, uh, would be the welfare aspect of it, getting people hooked on these payments and making it so they're not productive people. I mean, if all they have to do is just hold their hand out and they receive all kinds of free food and places They don't have to, to hold live. their hand out. It just yeah. gets sent to just the mailbox. It gets sent to them. I mean, what's going to stop people from just completely splurging and wasting that money? Well, let me start with that one. Um, I mean, from a liberty point of view, spreading ideas of liberty, I don't think we should be coercing people to do what's in for their own good. Uh, you know, I think people should be free. And all over the world, in every developed country, uh, and some even in some other ones, uh, it's, it's considered a good thing for people to be insured. Now, what you're talking about is called moral hazard. Anytime you have insurance, there's always this uh, incentive to take risks, right? Because it's, the cost is going to be borne by the pool of insured uh, people. Mm-hmm. So there's always that thing, whether it's private insurance or public. Yeah, but and I'm not necessarily is, in favor of private insurance either. I, I don't think it's <laughs> I, I think you're you're outlining one of the reasons why it's problematic. Well, most people around the world think it's a good thing to have people insured because then they Well, example, it's an argumentum ad populum uh, that most people think something doesn't necessarily make that a good thing, but go ahead. Well, here are some reasons. I mean, for one thing, people in America, which is the only country where, you know, there's so many uninsured, uh, the only uh, developed country, uh, they often uh, show up with serious diseases. The doctor asks, well, why didn't you get this checked out earlier? They said, well, you know, we can't afford to have checkups all the time. We can't have preventative medicine or things like that. I mean, that's actually cheaper. A lot of that stuff, uh, people live longer, they have better health outcomes, and it's cheaper to, to nip things in the bud early when they're insured. So that's just one example of why insurance could actually help people. Um, you know, well, when I look at Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, these programs that we basically what you're talking about is uh, what we do offer to people over the age of 65 in this country. And these are tremendously large segments of the budget. When you look at uh, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, Social Security, and the military, you're talking about 75% of the government, the federal government spending, which is already spending themselves into insolvency. Uh, so I do wonder how we would pay for something like that. So I love to talk about this because this is outcome-based libertarianism. This is what Milton Friedman, like, you know, consequentialism. So the way you look at this is you co- look, compare, look, there's no free lunch, and it works both ways. If you're not going to pay a tax to uh, have a, a single-payer health insurance, you still need health care. People still uh, pay. What happens is, though, they compete with each other. So buyers drive the price up. That's why if you look at all the other countries, actually, price of health care is lower for the same or better outcomes. You look at Switzerland, you look at Israel, you look at um, even Great Britain or Canada or Australia. I mean, they have literally uh, next to nothing for anybody to just go get the same medicine for less. And they're trying to even import those medicines back into the United States. That's how much more expensive it is because buyers compete here. They want to see who can pay more for these things. 
because there's no single payer system. Well, um, I mean, you know, when you're talking about buyers, you're talking about insurance companies, and there's a small handful of them. But it's government intervention that, um, through you know, the you can track the pricing of medical care um, compared to uh, you know government intervention How about and patents as government. Well, patents are certainly another issue on on medicine and that sort of thing. As uh, you know, yeah, I'm against patents. Yeah, but um, and and that would drive down the the cost of medicine quickly. But the um, you know, if you look at pricing in medicine and government intervention, the prices uh, are are a a trailing indicator basically of government intervention. So as government intervenes, pricing tends to go up afterwards. Greg, thanks for the call tonight. As always, uh, interesting discussion. I think one of our our more interesting callers because he is always challenging our our viewpoints. Right, he doesn't come back with the same thing all the time, too. Uh, Let's go to Jack. He's in northwest Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live, listening online. Hey, Jack. I'm just calling in from Virginia Beach. It's been raining today like crazy cats and dogs. All right. What's on your mind tonight? <laughs> hey, my my buddy James, he, want, he, he thinks we can have a debate on Free Talk Live. Have you guys heard anything about that? No, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, I, I just think it's the weirdest thing that a friend wants to debate me. So I mean, your, your friend just, wants a, to debate you on the radio on this show. It's kind of not how we do things. Yeah, I didn't think that's how you did either, and I don't want. Would you like debating friends? Being to me, it's a great way to lose friends, especially if one party isn't civil. Yeah, I would say so. Oh, I mean, so, uh, is uh, James civil? Uh, well, you know, I think he's got it in him. You know, God loves him, and I love him. It almost sounds like TJ, doesn't it? It's not TJ. Sounds like TJ. Uh, so I don't know, Jack. I would say Where does James live? My my buddy James, he, he's somewhere in in Arizona. Ah, okay. He moves around a lot because he keeps getting convicted DUIs. Car. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, Jack. I appreciate it. Uh, the toll free number here is eight fifty five four fifty free. Let's go to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Wow. Anyways, UWI, I I just want to mention that, speaking of uh, traffic safety, did you know that Colorado, they're almost... He set uh, you right up, too. He was just speaking of traffic safety. Well, DUI's kind of speaking of traffic safety. Good segue. From a drunk driving accident, he can't, you know. But anyways, um, so Colorado um, wants to make their texting, if you get texting while driving... It's going to be a, a thirty, uh, three hundred dollars uh, for Woo. the first ticket, and then we'll buy a whole it's, new uh, cell phone. Points. Well, if you're texting, if they catch you, it's going to be four points on your driver's wow. license. That's pretty serious. So four points, and so what it used to be was uh, fifty dollars for the ticket, first point, uh, and then one point. That's all it was. But they were better than at least New Mexico, where only twenty five dollars. For texting while and no point. I don't hear about any points here. Well, people call texting while driving, uh, call it texting while driving, but oftentimes the laws are sort of general in that they say that you're not allowed to touch your electronic device and that sort of thing. And I, I must say, I have violated these rules. So, for instance, Uh-oh. if I am using. Um, but New Hampshire police aren't listening tonight. Well, what are they going to do? 
I guess you didn't say where you violated the rules. Right. They would have to have a specific time and place. Yeah. Um, so if I'll have my mapping program on mm-hmm. and I want to know, oh, I don't know, when to turn, I'll pick up the electronic device and uh, you know touch the on button. And that's that's where I've uh, violated the rules. I've yeah. touched a button. And I look at it, um, you know, just as I would look at one that was adhered to my window, I look at it briefly, say, oh, that's where I got to go. And then I um, continue on my way. I don't really know what the difference is sort of in real life between sticking it on your window and touching a button or holding it in your hand and touching a button. Uh, as long as you're able to look out the uh, windshield peripherally, then there really isn't much of a difference. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Moments remain. Enough time for you if you dial in right now. Mark, do you have an update for us from hope.freetalklive.com, the project that uh, that you've been helping promote to uh, help build a new orphanage for some children in Uganda. Yeah, um, I was just uh, taking a look today, and they're getting the uh, they're they're putting the final bits of iron rebar into the footers that they're putting in for the foundation, which is one of the things that they needed to buy that you helped uh, and our listeners. Right, more our importantly, listeners. Yeah. Uh, you promoted it to them, and they stepped up with cell four one one matching the donations with help uh, from Roger Veer. Oh, cool. Uh, to uh, to help out with this, so yeah, um, and that's getting done right now. I'm uh, so one of the things I'm doing, and I think it's uh, fair to to mention that is is I'm harboring the money to some extent. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just send a bunch of a mo- enough money to build a building over there. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to do that. I would want to you know hold. I want to hold off. I want to d- dole it out yeah. um, and you know buy peace and that sort of thing because they've got sixty thousand bricks there. That they've made, and it's time to build. The, it's it will soon be time to build the walls. Well, they don't need particularly my help to build the walls. So, um, you know, I want to get some pictures, more pictures of mm-hmm. the because I've got pictures of the foundation going in, the footers going in, soon the foundation, and then uh, these uh, these walls and that sort of thing. And then after that, you know, we'll probably need something for roofing. But for now, uh, I think we're in pretty good shape, and I'm excited and want to thank everybody who's uh, participated. All right, cool. That's uh, If you want to follow along, you can go to hope.freetalklive.com. Is that right? That's correct. All right, so uh, let's go to Johnson, who has a story from Reuters about geo-blocking. Yeah, geo-blocking. So uh, Euro- European Union lawmakers on Tuesday voted to ban online retailers from treating consumers differently depending on where they live and expanded their proposed law to include music streaming services such as Spotify and Apple's iTunes. So uh, geoblocking is like filtering based on location. A lot of times you'll see this if you have a VPN, you can mm-hmm. change your location. You know, Services like Netflix, for example, won't allow you to watch certain shows and ah, okay. things like that. Because they're not licensed yeah, to distribute within a certain territory. Stuff like that, yep. And then there's just uh, there's all sorts of different reasons to do this. Uh, well, ending so-called geo-blocking as a priority for the European Commission as it tries to create a single market for digital services across the 28-nation bloc. But many industries argue that they tailor their prices to specific domestic markets. They're saying, the EU saying, if you're charging 10 euro for Pandora in Spain, you need to charge the same amount in Germany. I guess, the and they're also saying that, I guess, they can't, prevent certain countries from connecting based on these things i'm not really entirely certain exactly how that okay. works but it's you know yeah they had to let good. all connections you know, in one size fits all it's mm-hmm. you know the, being demanded 
Tuesday's vote means that the European Parliament can begin final negotiations with EU member states to reach a deal on the proposal, after which it would become law. The proposal, which will apply to e-commerce websites such as Amazon, Zalando, and eBay, as well as for services provided in a specific location like car rental, forbids uh, online retailers from automatically rerouting their customers to the dom- to their domestic website without their consent. Jeez. Amazon already makes it. Uh, retail websites, it's it's an it. It's I think they yeah, it's, it's there. Amazon copy. Amazon retail or Amazon already makes its retail websites accessible to customers anywhere in Europe and says ninety eight percent of its own stock is available to shoppers from any European country. In a blow for the book publishing and music industries, European Parliament members voted to include copyright protected content such as music, games, software, and ebooks in the law. That would mean that music streaming services such as Spotify and iTunes would not be able to prevent, for example, a French customer buying a cheaper subscription in Croatia if they have the required rights. The music industry has argued that extending the geo blocking ban to to copyright protected content could lead to a waterbed effect, That's pushing up thinking. prices in the areas that are cheaper now. Right, yeah. Okay, you're going to force us to allow everybody to access the, whatever price they want. Well, guess what? We're just going to have to raise prices across the board. Yeah. So uh, I've never heard about this waterbed it costs, effect. <laughs> it costs us more money to do business in France than it does in Croatia, so that's why we charge more in France. A rising if, tide raises all boats is yes. the more common one that you've probably heard. Yeah, I've heard that. Experience. Yeah, in this case, that, that's usually like a positive statement. Well, the, yeah. of, uh, <laughs> the Whereas waterbed effect is the same thing negatively. Yeah, this is bad uh, yeah. because the people, the poorer, presumably poorer people in Croatia are going to likely have to pay more for the, the service now because French people will be allowed to access their connection so uh they say however you eu member states favor excluding copyright protected services from the geo-blocking ban booksellers can't be forced to sell across borders it's a company choice in line with the evolution of the market and booksellers first concern is to keep their business afloat says mm-hmm. fabian Pro- well that's Pogman. not the concern of the government yeah, yeah. that's never the concern no, of, of, of the government they, they've business? got to make Who things cares? fair we need <laughs> our money <laughs> right, to they, line our pockets exactly they got to get their cut and like they don't care with the eu they really are just they're making yeah. some ludicrous decisions like well that. i mean they know that ultimately if businesses go under the government's going to be fine i mean you know businesses some businesses are going to stay afloat, and some of them are going to go under as a result of these rule changes. But yeah, is that really going to have any serious effect on the tax revenues of these mm. governments? Probably not that much. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since a lot of the companies that they're trying to affect aren't really based in the, in, in the EU. Well, which is another thing is, you know, if this really becomes a burden, like some of the, uh, like we've seen with you know, Amazon. Just pull out. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like Amazon has done of some of the states where they've had uh, distribution mm-hmm. facilities located. Some of those states have said, all right, well... Uh, we're going to start tax- taxing your sales uh, in this day. Well, then they say, okay, well, we're just going to leave. We don't need you that bad. Yep. Well, under the proposal, consumers would be able to buy goods online even when the retailer does not deliver to their country of residence. What? Retailers would not be forced to deliver across border, though, so an Italian buying a TV off a German website would have to arrange their own delivery or collect it. Consumers will also be able to take advantage of better prices for car rentals, hotel rooms, or other music festivals on websites in other countries, which may have previously rerouted them to their local version. What we want is simple, to end discrimination in the single market based on people's nationality, residence, or temporary location, said Rosa Thun, the MEP who said 
who is steering the legislation through the European Parliament. I mean, this is awful for a lot of e-commerce websites that, for example, uh, turn off, and, and especially with some something like eBay, where, for example, if I were to do an eBay listing, I'm not shipping to Africa, period. Not happening. Too it's much probably going to get uh, you know taken by customs. Yeah, there's too much. It's going to get taken by customs. There's so many different places like that where there's customs issues. Mexico's there's like places that, where there's too many Clark. scam orders. Yeah, like just constant flood of just people ordering scam situations, and now these these places are going to be forced to accept orders. That's going to really, especially. I mean, that well, they're only going to they're, they're only affecting the EU. It's not going to affect. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, well, you yeah. know, you're going to find the uh, the scam artist going to move from say Russia to Sofia or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're going to run their businesses that way. You yep. know, places where uh, law enforcement is more lax, um, that's where they're going to you know go. Well, is there? Uh, I mean, so her argument here is that she wants to end discrimination, right, in the single market, which is well, weird. it's EU, yeah. And this is yet another reason why uh, people need to really consider getting out of the EU. I mean, okay. it's it's obvious that this is a serious infringement well, I've heard upon Brexit. Is a you know I've heard that too. Going on, you know, so yeah, I didn't look closely at the Frexit thing, Mark. Have you looked at that Frexit? Um, well, it's over. French exit. What's over? Forget, forget it. Um, Le Pen lost, and the you know chances of. Are you sure? Because Daryl uh, Perry was telling me like two nights, a night or two ago, that there was a tie basically, and that they're going to have to have a runoff. The runoff ran off. Oh really? Okay, I thought it was another week away. A that's not my. Away. That's not my understanding. of Daryl it. Daryl told me it was like in early May. Okay, um, I don't know. I mean, I just I'm I've just been going wrong. On what I, heard. I looked at one story today, yeah. and it's my understanding Le Pen's you in the pooper, right. and uh, this uh, you know some guy with an M that sounds very French uh, won. Okay, so France will not be bidding the European Union adieu. <laughs> Let's talk to Mark. He's in Nevada. You're on. Uh, you're listening via K Talks. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, after that, uh, you almost put me uh, put me to sleep or uh, change stations. Yeah, huh? you were talking about testing and driving, correct? Yes. Well, my uh, ex-wife uh, was rear-ended by a texting driver. Oh, that's terrible. And it couldn't happen to a nicer person. <laughs> Thanks for the call today, Mark. That is Mark. some funny stuff. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, I'm being told here, Mark, by uh, Liberty Lover. says uh, second round voting is May the 7th. May 7th, yeah, that's what Liberty Lover's saying. All right, well, maybe so whatever I read is just info. somebody wishful, wishful thinking. I don't yeah. know. So, Incorrect. So, uh, so the idea <laughs> is... I spit on your info. Twat, twat, twat. Uh, so this Le Pen is the one who supports the French, or the France leaving the EU is the idea? Uh, she's the more sort of conservative, uh, radical conservative, or, you know, extremist choice. Mm-hmm. Pepe Le Pen. Yeah. <laughs> she, it's a female. Uh, it's not Pepe. <laughs> rapey skunk. <laughs> hey, uh, so we're going to be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime over at freetalklive.com. And if for some reason, you know, you can't access the site, then you can always get a VPN and try it that way. But hopefully the whole world can access freetalklive.com, although I heard that we might be restricted in China. And it's also hard to get on a VPN there, too. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime. freetalklive.com. Have a super night. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's 
the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, "Let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas." There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.